0: Giving voice to liberty in our time.
1: Joey Clark. Well, welcome to it, folks. Another edition of the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Tonight I have a Hall of Fame member, a regular on the show, good old Southern Wood. He abides, don't you know? Uh, the, the fastest hour on radio. Southern Wood abides. <sighs> so what's stuck in my craw today? Oh, there's no telling with you, Joey. Oh well, yeah, it's not anything necessarily too pie in the sky. Before we get to that, you know what is giving me peace of mind today? Working out. I had a
0: great workout in today. Where did where did you work out? Look, I, I know you've been here since 7 o'clock, and it's 6 o'clock now. Where in the living world could you find to work out in the hours you have free?
1: Express Fitness 24-7. It's in the name 24-7 when you become a member you get a key fob. So you have access 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, whenever it works for your schedule to get in there and get a good workout in. Now, when you become a member as well, it's not like you're signing one of these pesky year-long contracts, so it's a big financial commitment. No, you do it month to month. And then when you sign up, they'll ask you, what are your goals? What are you going for? They'll give you some free initial personal training. They'll you meet those goals and what you're going for so you don't feel like a fish out of water. So, I have to number 1 say thanks to Alex this morning. He's one of the co-owners over there, runs the place, and I've been working out with him. And I got in a good upper body workout, but then we started doing more like athletic training, a lot of jumping, and seriously, the, my calves are going to be so sore tomorrow. Like a lot of catching yourself landing softly. Great workout. Great got the heart rate up. Wasn't as it's not the craziest workout I've ever done, but it's what I wanted to do. And I loved it. Mm. And, I, I mean, seeing folks all in there, I, you see a lot of trainers in there with, you know, 1st some clients and whatnot, um, it's a great thing. Like, I feel refreshed after accomplishing it. Like, I feel it's not just a physical thing. You look better in the mirror. You know, you're getting ready for that summer belly. You know, not rocking the dad bod at 30 years old. Hey, Hey, but you're actually a a father. The dad dad bod's fine if you're actually a dad. I'm not. Oh, okay. Okay. So I couldn't keep going with the dad bod. It didn't abide any longer for me. (laughs) And so I essentially have upped my game. I'm working out two, three times a week, but I can go whenever I like. That's what I love about it. State-of-the-art equipment. Many locations, I'm going to the Zelda Road location, right above Firehouse Subs and right across the parking lot. It's a split facility, the Hillwood Festival Shopping Center, I believe. But there's locations in Millbrook and Wetumpka, Prattville, Clanton, Pine Level, all over the river region. So if you're within the sound of my voice, check out ExpressFitness24.com. That is the website for Express Fitness 24-7. You can find what location works best for you. Check out some photos of the different facilities. I mean it. All sorts of equipment in there. Whether you're talking cardio machines or weight machines or free weights. They have everything. Plenty of space to do it. So stop on by Express Fitness 24-7. Tell them Joey sent you. Or check out the website. Figure out what location is best for you. ExpressFitness, the number 24, dot com. ExpressFitness24.com. So that has been giving me my center, you know. Like I feel centered after I'd get a good workout in, okay. like I got accomplished something, and I'm not just up here, you know, wagging my big yapper up and down. Oh, yeah. So what really is sticking in my craw today? Well, it comes from the Bernie Sanders town hall last night on Fox
0: oh, News. There's so much in there, so I much in there, I can't even pick out what got you the most. I'll give you a hint. It's
1: nothing that Bernie Sanders himself said. Okay, so you're going to the mediators? No, it it wasn't Brett, Brett Bayer, a man who has no neck. Was he a linebacker at one point? I mean, not saying he's an ugly man. He
0: just (laughs) has no neck. It makes me think of Game of Thrones. I have no name.
1: (laughs) A girl has no name. Very (laughs) cool. The faceless men are so cool. Anyway, let's not get, don't
0: get me off the point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Was so, it the there was question? A, was it the question that the woman asked, which was actually a statement rather than a question? You nailed it. That's what's driving me up the wall. And it's not I'm not
1: just picking on that That's why I'm in the hall of fame. And I'm not just picking on that idiot. Alright? The idiot? She's not an idiot. No, she's she was a, a plant. Well, she's a ding dong. That's what she is. She's not quite to the level of asset. I'm gonna call her an idiotic ding dong. Say ding a ling. Well, yeah, we could go with that, but I'm going with ding-dong. Her her statement, you heard it. And it's not necessarily that I'm picking on this ding-dong. It's this, I've heard this advanced before by well-intentioned people on the left and sometimes on the right. That when they talk about government programs, they start going into the land of euphemism. Where it's like, well, all democratic socialism means to me. And I'm just, you know, I'm just living my truth. Oh, good for you. Living your freaking truth. You know who's living their truth? Michael Hayes is living his freaking truth. Doot, doot, (laughs) doot. Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. That's the guy living his truth. No, you're not living your truth. You're living a bumper sticker. Some major corporation, some... Yeah, because the corporation's like democratic-socialist, too. It's interesting how that works. Anyway, she came across... And this can apply to democratic-socialism. It can apply to conservatives. I'll give a conservative example, and I think we agree on this, actually, in a second. But she said something to the effect of... To me, my truth is, Democratic Socialism is just everybody in society deciding to get together, and we pull our resources together, you know, and we decide to take care of everybody.
0: Oh, man, that is such a beautiful idea. It's a I'm, wonderful I am, idea, Joey. I,
1: you know what drives me nuts? I said it earlier today. I'm tired of people acting like government programs and government proposals is like a frickin' church bake sale. Like, oh, we'll just get together. Oh, we'll get all our, our our genius together, and we'll bake a bunch of things and sell it to the community, and we'll fund our new building somehow.
0: Well, man, I mean, just look at the leader of that entire deal, Bernie Sanders. He wrote a book. He made a million dollars. Right. Yeah. And he got his million dollars together, mm. and he gathered all the people together. Right, that right. bought his book. Right. And evenly distributed that million dollars. Between all of them, and they were all happy, and right. everything was great. Correct? Is right. that how well, it and, happened?
1: No, and also, why is Bernie allowed to have more money than the other candidates?
0: I wrote a book. That sounded more like Trans- Donald that's Trump. That's my Trump voice. Yeah. I, I only yeah.
1: have one voice. Yeah, Southernwood. If you're going to do me, you need to get it right. Okay. I wrote a book. <laughs> I, I wrote a book. That's I fair. um, I mean. If you is not the capitalist dream? No. It's not capitalism. That's just, you know, being a it's writing a book. That is the point
0: oh, where so I, my head exploded when he said that is where my head exploded cuz I'm thinking that's not the capitalist dream. You put a product out there and people decide they want to on their own free will invest and purchase that product. Yes. But that's not capitalism. No. No. How in the hell is that not capitalism? Okay. That's the definition of
1: capitalism. But let's be charitable, because I do know some people would say, well, that might be markets. Just market exchange. And capitalism is something bigger than market exchange. You can hear, I don't agree with this completely. Well, because the word capitalism, just like socialism... It means so many different things to so many different people. That's why I constantly harp on politics and the fights we have over politics. It's not about facts. I wish oh, it was. No. It is a symbolic fight mostly over people's feelings for power.
0: Most definitely.
1: Right. And it, it's not a debate society where, or even a scientific community that comes to a consensus based on agreed methods. No. Politics is a symbolic fight usually stoking the emotions of the populace in order to gain power. That's what it is.
0: You gonna make me say something I'm going to regret. But that is that's that's where capitalism has been co opted, and it comes down to the emotional part of it. And emotions are the feminine quality, whether a male or a female side. If you look at nature, Mm -hmm. you look at nature. Emotions control nature. That's why a mama cow runs after a wolf or a coyote to protect their child. You'll never see a male. you'll never see a bull run after another a predator mm-hmm. to protect the young. The male don't give a damn. Well the emotion comes on the feminine side oh. and it's the feminization of our society. and where did it start, Joey? Come on, Joey. See, you're Sesame Street. Thank you.
1: Uh, yeah, because so many people watched Elmo, they became, you know, feminine. I, no. Way but, before Elmo. I, I'm going to disagree with you, but not out of a political correct point of view. Well, I think just a factual point of view in the sense that if we stick to human. Right, I know I do. <laughs> so do you. Uh, if we stick. Before I go into this, I love... I was watching an old uh, thing with Christopher Hitchens talking on Chris Matthews' hardball. And I'm thinking it's Joan something. You've seen her. She's kind of a progressive columnist and talking pundit, talking pundit head. Joan Walsh? Yeah, that's her name. And And Hitchens was definitely a man of the left. But he hated the Clintons. So as Hillary was being selected to be Secretary of State for Obama... He was really dogging Hillary Clinton. And John Wall says something to the effect of, well, that's just your opinion. And Hitchens' retort was, well, of course it's my opinion. Would you like me to have somebody else's? What a vapid, stupid thing to say. (laughs) I was like, oh, there's the Hitch slap. It's so good. But yeah, we both have the right to be wrong. I would say just sticking to human beings and not
0: cows. Well, look. No, but, no, but, you, but let me but get my point out. wants to go back to evolution, and we evolved from animals. Yes. And so you have to, if you're going to be right, consistent. Right. But emotional
1: temperament to... will manifest itself. Different roles manifest themselves with male and female, depending on the species. They really do. We might have things in common with okay. all the way back millions of years. Certain systems that work in okay. our bodies, but name one. Like, emotions that men might have more than women? Yeah. Men are much more aggressive.
0: No, I mean, in the animal kingdom, where affection overrides everything else. Well,
1: no, this is something that Jordan Peterson's gotten a lot of uh, comments over, because I don't think people actually read the chapter. But he goes through the very first chapter, and I think it's called his first rule in 12 Rules for Life. He talks up, stand up straight with your shoulders back. And he goes into the evolutionary history of lobsters. And the reason he chose lobsters is because they're millions of years old. And they have the same serotonin reward system that most animals have. And in particular, he talks about how lobsters get defeated, their serotonin levels will go down, they'll just kind of go away. The, a loss of social status and rank that they're not chosen, they kind of get, for lack of a better word, depressed. Same thing happens in humans. We have the same reward system. Not exactly the same as lobsters. We have different hierarchies than lobsters. But his point is that there are certain things within us that are so old, we might as well accept and respect how true they are and try the best of our ability to understand how they work with us. But you mentioned emotions, the more the feminine side. I would say that, on average, there's more negative emotion. But I think in men, human beings there is much more you're much more prone to aggression it, it, uh, you know, I'll, you know,
0: I'll, I'll grant you that
1: they, on average by the way too there are some women that are very yeah. aggressive but it's on average the reason most people in prison are men is because well that's
0: that's how it works and, and and that's the way that i was relating that and you are correct there because we both do have strong emotions the, the male emotion is generally more aggressive, right. and I'm going to beat you up, or you know, I'm going to do whatever to you. And but the I was speaking more to the feminine emotion of I'm g- got to take care of my child. Sure, I've got to love my child. Yeah, that's, the,
1: yeah, that's, the caretaker, nurturing sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and fair enough. But this idea though that government. Is, it's really just like a big club we all join. It's like a you know it's like going to church and again, I'm tired of people using euphemism to hide and I've been on this topic a while. I'm a freaking libertarian. Government is fear and force folks. It can be used for some good things. You got a bunch of people that are maybe defrauding people, hurting other, assaulting them, murdering them, these sorts of things. I think there's some need for a government, something like it, to step in and stop those folks. Which, by the way, the government, the police, are not under an obligation to come and save you. Which is an interesting thing. There was an—I can't remember Reminds. off the top of my head. There was an interesting case that went all the way to Supreme Court, essentially said that. But we still got to, you know, pay for it. And you know, I'm happy. The one thing I think that should have more money put into it and more education and training is police officers the one thing I will say, if also we change a lot of the laws. Because I would like to make the laws much, trim the laws down. And to that, I direct my anger at the politicians. Again, who hide in the land of euphemism. They often forget that every law you pass is backed up by the threat of force. And if people don't take the threat seriously, and they break those laws, eventually they might be, well, it's just a fine initially. Okay, I don't want to pay the fine. Well, we're going to find you even more. Another financial penalty. I'm not going to pay that one. I have contempt for you and your government. Well, eventually they'll come and try to capture you and arrest you. And if you resist arrest, you'll probably die. So, correct. that is the nature of law. It is legitimized legal force. So, when we talk about, well, democratic socialism is just people agreeing, deciding to come together and blah, blah, blah. It is not like a voluntary association. It's not like your church. It's not like your business. It's nothing like that. It's not like your nonprofit. Government has the threat of force. The only way you can make, say, a government monopoly on single-payer health insurance is through force. It's interesting, too, how people will complain about monopolies. You heard it in Bernie's Town Hall. That and CVS merged, and I think that's actually hurting, uh, upping the prices of healthcare. So, because a merger that made the industry more monopolistic, you know, it's not possible that that might have actually
0: helped pricing. But not then he wants to monopolize healthcare insurance, for yes, for the entire country. Right. Even though
1: I don't, I can't business. think of a single state that's actually gone that far. I, you know, if California wants to do it, if Vermont wants to do it, go ahead. Like I have, as I've gotten older, I've mellowed out, if you could believe it, in the sense that yeah, I do live with these people. I don't agree with this political process because it's often a joke, but it's the joke we have. So, like, what's the best possible option right now?
0: Well, and I think that's something that you and I have talked about, and 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 I'm I'm not criticizing you at all by any means. You're as mature as I am. But the older you get, the more you mature. Hey, free health care for all—that sounds right, wonderful. We went this weekend, our volleyball trip, and we went to two different high schools in the Birmingham area, in Calera, and I think Homewood is where we were. And one of the girls in the car, because we had like a thousand kids hanging off the back of the Durango when we got there. And one of them said, man, this school is freaking awesome. Yeah. We need to pay more taxes and have schools like this in Montgomery. And I didn't go into a diatribe, didn't go into anything. But, yeah, I mean, they are big, sexy schools, and, and they are. I mean, they're gorgeous, pristine. The facilities are, right. The facilities are. has nothing to do with what's being taught, who right. the teachers are, and what the end product is. And it has a lot to do with when I walked in the bathrooms. The bathroom stalls weren't broke down. The handles weren't kicked off the the. The the toilets or the mm-hmm. urinals. I mean that's well right people and- respected it, but that comes from something different than just spending a lot of money to make something pretty right. for you to go to school. At. Well,
1: and even if you look from from a street level view. If you look at Montgomery Academy, Trinity Catholic, I left out one school. They have very nice facilities. Montgomery Academy has amazing facilities. I remember playing in their, their gymnasium when sure. I was playing for Catholic. Great stuff. They have a lot of money there, and they put it to good use. But from the road, the most audacious thing, I guess, is the bridge that goes over Carter Hill. But, the, I mean, I will say the one exception, St. James like, looks like a freaking college campus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little absurd. And they do great things there. But it's not the facilities, necessarily. It's about the teacher quality. But at the end of the day, it is, and it's something I want to get to. Because I want to give the conservative example of euphemism that drives me nuts. Another example of, well, uh, it's it, it's not force. It's I'll get to it. It really comes down to the personal responsibility of the children and the parents in particular. When somebody's so young, they the kids are stupid. They might be really bright
0: for a kid. You might be have a really smart eight year old, but it's an eight year old. You know, it, and that's well, that's the point that I was I was attempting to make is whether it, it may not have come off clear is that. The children think, well, let's just put more money into the schools, and right. they will be better. No, they won't. It's, it's a lot different than that. And you have to reach a level of, of maturity before you realize that's not going to fix anything, Right? you know, a little bit. I mean, that's, that's... Well, and I could go on a long list of
1: when Bernie or anybody else, or it could be just your average Alabamian says, we need more money in the schools, we need better health care... Like you look at most sectors that people complain about—it's too expensive or it's not high quality enough—it's mostly dominated by government and has been for decades.
0: And and that's and what, when
1: they act like it. No, this is this has been the
0: capitalist dream. No, it has not not in those sectors. No, and that's what Bernie is arguing for. He he sounds like that 14-year-old girl in the back of the Durango that says, "Man, if we just pay more taxes." Our school would look like this. No, not necessarily. Right. That's not what it is. We can't all just put all our money and pull it together. What is the driving force to make more money? Right. I mean, there is none. I mean, that's just a fact of life. That's human nature. You know, I want to be the biggest. I want to be the alpha. I want to be the best. Or at, at the bare minimum, I want to do the best I can do. And, and I do a better job than Joey does at sweeping the floor, I should make more money than him. Instead of just saying, you know, Joey, you sweep the floor, Clay, you sweep the floor, and Tom, you're an electrical engineer. Y'all all make $15 an hour. End of story. Yeah, that's not going to work. Th- that's never going to work. Why I mean- would you put yourself through the stress and the, the pains of earning a degree and learning a trade and perfecting a trade when... It's, you're not going to make... when You can just sit at home, drink beer, and watch football on the weekends, and get up and go push a broom.
1: Now, I want to get to this conservative example. It's the one issue where a lot of my conservative Republican, whatever friends, sound like progressives. And I don't mean modern day progressives in the Democratic Party. I mean like early 20th century progressives. That was in both the Republican and the Democratic Party. It's the war on drugs. And what I can't stand is, well, these people aren't going to be personally responsible, so we have to uphold personal responsibility with the law. I'm like, um, that's not personal responsibility. That's you looking after the people who are making stupid decisions and telling them, here's how you be responsible. And it's not like a father telling it to a son or a brother telling it to a brother. Like No, you're saying we're going to punish you if you engage in an irresponsible behavior. That may or may not hurt other people, and I often hear this argument, and it, it's fine in a way I agree with it, but not the way it's being used. Is there's a difference between liberty and license? Absolutely. License is almost like the the satanic moral rule, like "do what you will" is the full extent of the law. The strong prevail, whatever. Do what you, do, whatever you want. Anarchy, right? Anarchy is technically no rulers, but it's just that's a different topic. That, another word that it means... Sounds,
0: what it sounds like to me. Right, another
1: try. word that means so many different things to different people. But there is a difference between liberty and license. License is do whatever you want, and devil may care. I don't care if it hurts other people, like directly. Liberty has an understanding of... I'm. It, it can be done two ways. It can be the positive sense of do unto others you'd have them do unto you or do not to others as you would not want them to do to you. I'm emphasizing the negative aspect. I'm not going to do the things that I don't want other people to do to me and you don't do the thing. Essentially, when it affects you directly, like I'm harming your person or your property, then that's where my liberty ends. And it's a patchwork system where we can negotiate on how many liberties I have in relative relation to you, with the basis being I can't harm you, I can't kill you obviously, I can't steal from you, defraud from you, all these things. And you can get a lot of different laws out of that. A lot of different complicated ways that those things can happen. But, when people bring up this liberty versus license thing, they mean we these people, it's not liberty to smoke cannabis. That's licentiousness. Like, I mean... How, how wrong is that? And I'm like, so wait, so you're saying the solution is giving the license to the government agents to lock up people or punish people, at least arrest them, because low-level you know, dope smokers don't end up in jail for a long time. They get arrested a lot, though. That's giving literally a government license to go do those things. And there is... A time and a place for the government license. Like all the stuff I just named. Fraud. Force. Stopping criminals of that sort. But when you're trying to mold society to be a good moral people with the force of government, I think you're missing the point of a good... The history of this nation, number one. Like, it should be local. It should be based on voluntary consent.
0: Morality cannot be taught at the point of a gun, at least not that effectively. It, it can be taught, but it, can be, it cannot be learned right. at the point of a gun. Yeah,
1: the person might follow your order, but have they actually learned something? There you go. And in the worst case, which has happened with the war, I'll, I'll just keep it to pot, is you had this whole culture of people, millions of people now in nearly a majority of states going, yeah, what a stupid law. And they broke it. Very stupid law. And people, well, people murder all the time, should we not? No, guys, you want have millions of people going to murder at each other. I don't think any functioning society has ever suggested that. So it, it, this idea that we can enforce personal responsibility at the point of a government gun is nonsense. It, the same way that I think if you can enforce, like, certain rights at the point of a government gun, yeah, you can create a system, you can take money from... The citizens of the country, and you can set up health care, you can set up education, all you like. But it usually comes down to, what are the people actually in that school doing? What are the incentives you're setting up for the people in that school? Because there are some, I'll grant it, government, public schools, that are very good. Has more to do with the people in the building than the system.
0: Most definitely.
1: But here's the thing. When you set up a government public school, and the people in the building whether it's the students who don't have a good home life or it's the teachers who maybe don't have the incentive to be better or they don't have enough resources you can go at this from any different direction it's very difficult for that system that's broken to change dynamically and change in an effective and productive way it gets stuck in the old way because you got to go through a damn political process with the state legislature which is not as productive or efficient or as honest honestly as if somebody's running a private school and they mess up, well, they better change or they're going
0: out of business. Yeah. And they have to change quickly. Or if a kid messes up in a private school, you say, you're out. You're gone. Yeah, really bad. And error. and I've, I've said this, and it sounds weird, but if you think about it, I do believe it makes sense. We have to fix the schools the very first thing that has to be done is do away with the truancy laws. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to come to school, by damn, don't come to school. Don't force children to go to schools. And if you do away with them and let the... And it's really probably in essence 15% of the kids in schools, but kids, I mean, when you get a bunch of freaking... Twelve-year-olds in a classroom—it's—it's it's like cattle. When we herd cattle. I'm telling you, we herd cattle. I have—I have 76 head in in my herd. Yeah. And it takes only one crazy-ass cow when you're trying to tow them and get them up into the pen. It takes one cow to run. And if that cow runs, she not all of them a good bit though. Half of them will go with her, and most all of the calves will go with her. Right, and that's the way that that children are. They're still in that animalistic stage. They're not founded, and they don't have a you know a real heavy foundation. mm -hmm. And it's easier. I don't disagree with you about kids,
1: but do you really think uh, adults are immune from that behavior?
0: No, they're not. No, right I mean but 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 children are much more oh, much more prone, prone to, it. to it yeah absolutely I They're mean much more peer pressure yeah. peer pressure happens throughout your entire life but it's it has a very much I mean it's got a stronger effect on you you know in your early developing sure. years sure and I mean when you're the little odd kid when you're you are you know, like I was, when you're five, eight, and 175 pounds sitting in the corner, you're going to try to do whatever the cool kids are doing. Right. And if they're being bad, you're going to be bad. If they're sitting down and being good, you're going to be good. That's what you're going to follow so you can fit in. And so, but if you got done and just kicked out the truancy laws and said, hey... Your ass doesn't want to come to school, don't come to school. Stay out of here. Let the children that do want to learn sit here and learn or either come up with a, uh, a different school system that says, if you're not going to behave, we're sending you to, we used to have that. It was right. called MAVAC. Right. You're going to MAVAC. You're going to city programs. That's where you're going, and there need to be more of those. More discipline-based, yeah, structured. Yeah. Right. The I'm getting on a complete different topic. But there need to be more of those disciplinary schools rather than more of the lamps and so forth. But then this goes
1: back the to the old ones of the world. My point. Your government program might be well intentioned. It might even work for a few years. But when the world changes and you need to change that system, it usually will fail to change. And change effectively and dynamically. This is why markets are so effective in so many ways. Why voluntary association By markets, I don't just mean a business that makes profit. I mean any voluntary association. Like, I have no problem with unions if they're voluntary. I have a problem with unions when you're forced to pay into them. Which, by the way, did you see the number? Like, SEIU and the other... I can't remember off the top of my head. The other public service employees, like, sector union... They lost a case where if you don't want to sign up for the union, you no longer have to pay fees to the union. They mm-hmm. lost something like 90% of their paying members. It's almost like when people aren't forced, they don't want your thing anymore. But if a union's voluntary, it's like, we're going to help you out with you know training, all sorts of stuff, if you pay us fees. I'm fine with that. Sure. Anything voluntary, anything peaceful in that sense, I'm fine with because it's a dynamic system that can actually adapt to change, which has been the history of why I think we're so wealthy in the first place. So it's complicated. But on the, after this break, I want to make some clarifications because I've been saying a lot lately that some people are better than others. And I want to get into that because there is a form they of are. elitism that I can't stand. But even if there are people that are smarter than I am, smarter than people out there listening, just really smart people, there's something that really smart people do on occasion that drives me nuts. Hmm. They go too far with their intelligence, or they think their intelligence entitles them to certain licenses and privileges. Okay. Because they're I'm so p- intelligent. I'm picking
0: up what you're putting down.
1: We'll get into that after the break.
0: Joey Clark. Young girl, get out of my mind.
1: Gary Bucket and the Union Gap. This song goes out to, well, a certain someone leading an NBC News poll. But that's all I'm going to say about it. What a great song, isn't it,
0: Southernwood? You it's a me, wonderful song. I've, believe you're all I've heard another host on these airwaves talk about sending messages with bumper music. music. Yeah. I think you just trumped him.
1: Yeah, occasionally I'm better than he thinks you scared. Well, I'm not scared of him. <laughs> oh, we're so full of crap. Uh, but I have been talking about how certain people are better than others. And I mean that in the sense that there are a lot of people much more intelligent than I am, much more skilled in all sorts of different ways that I benefit from. I'll take the humble route. Now, there might be certain things I'm better at than other people. But I try not to go down that road because then... That's the path of pride and it's not a pretty place to end up in. I, I don't I I don't necessarily agree with you
0: on that. Well, certain things you accomplish,
1: it, I, I don't mind pride when you earn it. It's one thing.
0: Yeah, but I I, th- I think you need to I think you need to realize that though and own that. And because if not, it's like this fake humility where you're just this meek little somebody that gets run over. It's not the though, industry I work in. I'm I'm not Right. Well, I probably am the best in Fair town. You it, know? It's not fake on my part. It really
1: is. Maybe I'm plagued by self-doubt too much. But here's my point. I do think there are some people who are better than others in all sorts of different ways. There's a lot of differences. Yeah. A lot of different skills. If you're really going to press me on, like, are we made in the image and likeness of God, have the equal dignity and deserve equal respect? Sure. Yes.
0: Well, now, in but that aspect, we
1: are all equal. But, but that also recognizes that there are people that have different abilities, and even the people that have the lesser abilities need to be respected and treated as though they have dignity. So it's kind of an no interesting creed of equality. But there's something that happens when really intelligent people, and it's not just intelligence. not just, I have a high, Q, I, high IQ. It's not just, oh, I made a lot of money. Because I figure out a product or a service people want it. Though that happens. There's also people that are like, I'm always on the side of the right. On the side of the truth. I am correct. Deeply correct. And now that's dangerous. And that's the position you get to. Whether it's because you made a lot of money, or you're really famous, or you believe wholeheartedly in something, or you're very intelligent. That you start to tell yourself, I'm always correct. Correct. And I'm so correct. I'm actually fine with that. I don't mind people that are full of hubris that do it almost in a foolish, comical way. Who belittle others in a fun way and who kind of will rub in somebody's face. Look how stupid you are in this certain thing. Sometimes people deserve that. And I can find it entertaining. Right. It's more when those intelligent or whatever, successful people go, "Mm, I'm so intelligent, successful, or believe so fervently that I'm going to do what's best for you. You know, it was talked about a lot uh, during the Barack Obama administration. One of his guys that ran, I can't remember the official title, but he essentially ran, like, the Rules and Regulations Office. Academic named Cass Sunstein. And he had this theory Mm -hmm. of nudging people. That you don't outright ban something. You don't put, like, a heavy, you know, just stringent fine on people for certain behavior. But you nudge them. So you go, here, we'll give you this little extra reward, this positive sanction, if you behave how we want you to. Because we know what's best for you.
0: If you we'll, don't, we'll give you a little, do
1: that. a little slap on the wrist if you go a certain direction. We're not going to throw you in jail, or it's not going to be really a true felony crime, but we might, you know, it'd be a misdemeanor. We'll fine you for it. And then also, on the business side of things, well, we'll give businesses, we'll find you a little bit, or we'll give you a a subsidy or an incentive to do the right thing. So the mentality is, these people are just, there's so many ignorant people, Southern Wood, and we have to save them from themselves. And what happens, though, with that system is that sometimes, the person that is considered a quack person that's considered crazy or out of bounds or radical doesn't have the chance to share what is in fact a really good idea with the world because the intelligent successful correct people the ardent believers won't let them the intelligentsia mm-hmm. and that's the sort of elitism I can't stand because it presumes I'm so intelligent and on the right side of history, that's one you hear these days, history will judge you. Oh, give me a frickin' break. Shove it up your ass. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's take all of human history and put it right up your backside, okay? Along with all that smoke you're blowing. Good Lord. I don't mind elitism that's flaunted in the sense that I'm an intelligent person and I'm going to show it off. I appreciate those people. I don't like the people, though, who presume that I can rule it's the it's been called all sorts of things in history. It's the fatal conceit, or I mean, think about like monarchs in history. We've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. Mm. It's like I am of the right bloodline, so I'm fit to rule by right of blood. Or I mean, monarchs went even further than blood. They went by God has ordained me to rule. Whoa, man! Like whoa, that's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think there was a Reformation and then political revolutions challenging that idea. I think it's where the idea of everybody's made in the individual likeness and image of God, you know, is sort of a response to the divine right of kings. like, no, God ordains all of us to our liberty and to rule. We're all sovereign individuals. There's not just sovereign kings and queens and emperors. There's sovereign individuals. And I tend to agree with that point of view because it understands that though we have different stations and different abilities, you create a certain space. And this is what I mean by why I think liberty is the best way to allow superior people in a given field or a given idea to actually prove it. So if somebody says, you know, I'm going to create this product and... Doggone if they actually go about and create it and people love it and it makes people's lives better. They deserve all of their success and money in the world. Because we often confuse wealth with money. No, the wealth is, is the process they created in order to provide that service or good. That's what's actually the wealth. It's not necessarily the money. But what happens is often people get a lot of money and go, Hmm, now i got to get in the game of politics. And I gotta buy influence and it goes the other way too. That people with power extort those with money. So say you create that product or service, you're really successful, say so you make a billion dollars, and you try not to have a lobbyist in DC. Ooh, you're gonna get torn up. Eh, those nah. vultures can't abide that. Those vultures in the DC swamp cannot
0: abide you having all that money Mom, without playing the game. Joey, don't don't you want to keep that billion dollars? <laughs> I mean, what if you only had $999 million? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean, you're only losing a million. Right, right. Uh, I can make that happen for you, cuz. But there's
1: a lot of that going on these days. Of A lot of it. I, I'm on the right side of history, or I'm smarter than you, or I've made more money than you, so sit down and shut up and let me run things and run your life. And... You, Let's be clear. There's a reason in human history people have bought into the whole idea of a king or a queen or an emperor. It's because some people do like to follow.
0: Uh, not just some. Oh, most people like most. to follow. Yeah, because that's that's the easiest. I mean, I mean, that's the easiest way of life is to follow. Uh, a guy, I went to a, a, a conference years ago, and I'll never forget him saying that, and I don't know, it, it's not going to probably mean anything to anybody listening, or even you, Joey, but a guy said, he said, let me give you the definition of a leader. Mm-hmm. You ready? All right, get out your pen, get your piece <laughs> of paper. Yes, sir. Here's the definition of a leader. One who leads. <laughs> That's the definition. And it, it, it is so simple, but if no. you think about it, it is the hardest thing in the world to do is to lead and to step out there and say, this is the re- the direction we're going. Yeah, you're sticking your neck you know, out there. I mean, yeah. th- think about just walking through the woods, you know, with a bunch of people. We're going this direction, follow well, me. And here's the interesting
1: and thing, too. Live
0: or die, it, this it, is where we're going. It, here's the
1: interesting thing, too. People don't follow the person who's correct most often. They've done experiments with this, like small groups of people. Mm-hmm. It's the person who's most confident about their ability to be correct. Exactly. Who people follow. When you project confidence, people like it. They're not showing any doubt. They know where they're going. Well, I'll follow them. And often the people who are correct are somewhat riddled with self-doubt. Because they're constantly checking, is this right? So they don't always project the confidence pe- that inspires.
0: Donald John Trump. Right. We're going to make America great again. That I mean, that's what he said. It's right. like, and I don't think really anybody right.
1: who uh, voted for Trump, even, who loves the man, is going to say, you know, Trump is like some scholar or something. No. He's not some philosopher king, by any means. No, I would say... To Trump's credit, he's a man of action. Maybe he has a short attention span, but he always is wanting to move forward and re- meet certain goals. Are the goals always good? In his personal life, no. But he acts, and he projects hey, confidence in what he does. So it, it inspires people to follow him.
0: Check this out. The road of life is littered with dead squirrels that couldn't make a decision. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a squirrel run in front of you? Yeah, a lot of And they pill. go right, left, right, left, right could okay. make a decision. The squirrels that make the decision to right. stop and run back, they live. The ones that make the decision to keep running across the road, they live. But here's, it's the ones that can't make right. a decision, make a damn decision, stick with it and damn the consequences
1: and also have the confidence when you realize oh I've been going the wrong direction make another decision go the right way That's or what right. you thinks the right way but I'm seeing it too much these days uh, people that are more than willing to just follow and also don't seem these days to have and I'm talking about full grown adults and I think part of what's happening is we don't have a common tight knit American community and I don't know how to fix that necessarily my one suggestion is devolve power back to the states and to the actual communities. Because there's very little that actually connects us as Americans. There are a few things. There are a few things that connect us as a so-called Western culture. There are a few things, dare I say, that connect us as human beings. No matter if you're in Russia, China, Saudi Arabia, or the United States. Certain things do inspire people. But right now, I think because we're trying to fit 300 plus million people into one community and one identity the only thing that becomes the organizing principle is the power of the government and it's a lie governments or states are not communities there's a famous quote uh, that creators are those who created peoples they've hung a faith and a love over others destroyers are those who create a state they hang what is it a sword and a thousand cravings over a people and they call themselves a people and I think we have too many people that are you going to that sword that hangs above us all because we know the power of the federal government and go oh here's this thing to crave and that thing to crave and this thing to crave and it's not organic it's like well here's these people are suffering let's help them out and you're the cause for it it's just not, I, the road in general is not a good road we're on. And I'm saying that in a practical sense, like when you look at our fiscal situation as a nation, it is not good. So one thing I would knock Donald Trump on is the debt has not come down. Deficits are as large as ever. And I don't think it's a tax problem either. I think it's a spending problem and I am ready to gore everybody's sacred cow. This is why I would never get elected. Is I think it would be better to do things now. I mean, every single department in the government, including the military. Cut. It needs to be cut back. We are overstretched. In many ways. And this is why I'm baffled when... You know, we have problems right now. Not that far on the horizon. With Social Security and Medicare. And funding Medicaid and as well. The so-called entitlements... Some people are saying, well, the answer to that is
0: expand them to the whole population. Well, Goodness. I don't know how much of that is just that it's starting to fall on deaf ears. Because I've got you by, what, about 15 years. Yeah. And I've been here my entire life. In five years, Social Security is going to be bankrupt. You're not going to have your Social Security. Since I was younger than you. Since I was in my teens, and it hadn't happened, it's like they're crying wolf, and they keep coming up with solutions to fix it. With and I, their I think it's
1: solutions
0: in, in which they and yes they they may be or it's up the payroll tax. But it's I mean it's gotten to the point to where yeah I'm never going to have Social Security. I, I realize that, and and I'm I know that that is the real realistic point that I will be at at some point in my life, you know, 20 years from now when I retire. But it it hadn't gone bankrupt yet. And they have been saying, you know, in 2000, it's going to be bankrupt. 2010 is going to be bankrupt. We're at 2020. It's not bankrupt and it had not gone away yet. And so, are they crying wolf or what's happening? I think it's losing its momentum well, the
1: unfunded liabilities is a very real thing. And, like, for instance, around 99-2000 when they balanced the budget, like Clinton and Gingrich and John Kasich and all those types.
0: Yeah. How'd they do it? I'm they, glad you used your air quotes. They, they took
1: from the Social Security Trust Fund. Sure. So we owe it to ourselves is what they would say. So that's not a big deal. That's just one issue, the fiscal issue. I think there's also a deeper issue of the more that the federal government in particular takes up its cause, you lose, I think, a lot of the initiative and the dynamic aspect of if people did it for themselves, and if, whether it's be at the state level or voluntarily. And this is what I mean that, yes, some people are better than others, but they need to be able to prove it. It shouldn't be on the basis of law that I'm better than you. No. Should be because I've got all these credentials that I'm better than you. The market will prove it. Right. If you, we don't just allow athletes to go, yeah, I'm, I'm the best there is. No, prove it. How many championships have you won? How many teams have you led? Or what are your stats?
0: Yeah. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, who you take. And
1: if we have a largely free society, the best will eventually rise.